You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am Ty Bob, joined by Ty Bo and Sean. We're coming back to you after a Kansas City Chiefs win in Week 15 against the Houston Texans, 30-24 to in overtime. Now, we have got some stuff to cover about this game, but good Lord, Chiefs Kingdom, do we have other things that need to be covered? Good Lord! <laughs> there is stuff that is going on. Number, let, 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 we've got a we've got a couple things going on. Let's start off with the first bit of drama that is happening, and it is not with the Chiefs' kingdom. It is with the Chiefs' locker room. Uh, there was a tweet, uh, a series of tweets that were sent out by uh, former great Chief punter Dustin Colquitt. Um, there were a lot of tweets going on about uh, uh, everybody no longer liking uh, Butker, and we need to have conversations about how poor he has been. Dustin Colquitt then made uh, certain remarks and tweets. Uh, he did reply to a verified account on Twitter uh, who said Butker is officially a problem. Dustin Colquitt then said, watch the holds and try saying that again. On the extra point, the laces uh, on uh, were facing the sidelines. He has screwed him all year in reference to uh, Tommy Townsend. Uh, that was that was replying to Saran Petro. Uh, correct. Radio guy. Correct. And um, he also replied to Mark Richter as well on there. Saying roughly the same thing. Uh, I believe uh, Dustin Colquitt then did go on 810 uh, earlier today even. Uh, today being Tuesday. Shout out Bob Tesco. F- uh, no. Wrong, wrong account. Best goes on six ten there, bud. Uh, but Bob Fesco is the one that tweeted that out. No, this one actually comes from Farzan uh, Vusani or Vusain. I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. I uh, said interesting stuff from Dustin Colquitt on eight ten. He made it clear he wants Townsend to succeed. Colquitt gave Townsend advice on holding when he returned to KC in 2020. Townsend apparently was not receptive to the advice given by Colquitt, and Colquitt even said that he felt his advice fell on deaf ears. So a lot of stuff going on. Uh, there was even a tweet earlier uh, today from Aaron Ladd, who's, I believe, on uh, 41 Action News. Uh, Aaron stated on Twitter that uh, Chiefs Harrison Bucker talking in the locker room now. Um, her quote from Harrison Bucker, no matter what the ball is doing, I got to get it through the uprights. Seemingly a shot at Tommy Townsend and what is going on with his holds. Not a good look. Everybody on Twitter, my group chats have been blowing up on Bucker. Uh, you go back and look at what's going on with the football. Uh, it's definitely a whole. The football. The football. Dustin Colquitt was on Bob Fesco yesterday, not today. Gotcha. So a lot of shots being fired at Tommy Townsend from his kicker and from the former great chief punter and holder himself, Dustin Colquitt. Could be interesting on how that develops. Um, but, folks, there was even more news. And we are going to take a little bit of time to dive into this. Uh, most of you, I guarantee, have already heard this. It made national news with the Pat McAfee show. Uh, 
so we'll we'll touch on it slightly, but I know Sean hasn't heard anything, so I'm excited to see what he has to say about this fiasco that went on. Um, there is a super fan thing that goes on in Kansas City nearly every year. Uh, people constantly getting in trouble. And these super fans are not like super fans in the way that they just love the Kansas City Chiefs. These guys buy season tickets. They go to every game. They dress up in silly costumes uh, and they get this nickname of super fans that they care and and seems like they care about the Chiefs more than you or I. And that's probably not the case. They just have more money to do so or allocate more money in that way to do so and give up other things in their life that uh, you know most, most people don't want to. And that's okay. Um, most of you know Chiefsaholic on Twitter. Uh, he dresses up in the wolf costume. He goes to every home game and most of the away games. He is very braggadocious about his money and his traveling to games on Twitter um, and seemed to be loved by all of Chiefs Kingdom or Chiefs Twitter. Um, he had messaged multiple large accounts over this last week stating that he would, you know, the, he would link up with a lot of guys down in Houston. Uh, there are a lot of chiefs accounts uh, of people that do live down, down in that uh, Texas area. And we're going to meet up at the game. Uh, he went quiet and that's not usual of Chiefsaholic. He, he tweets a thousand times a day at every single person. It seems like that's all he does and doesn't really have a real job. Uh, although he says he has a real, very, very, uh, tedious job of dish of uh, managing 16 distribution centers across the entire Midwest. Um, that apparently turns out to be a lie folks. Uh, he went quiet. The chief's kingdom came together, realized that they had not heard from him in three, four days. We're trying to find out his real name that apparently we didn't know. All we knew is that he graduated from Kansas state in 2016 and had this big glorious job. And then, all of a sudden he's he's not there so everybody's trying to call family members find out who this guy is do a wellness check figure out if his phone is working it's not um no, nothing can be can be found out then later on in the day on uh on monday um larger accounts put out that uh they confirmed that he was okay they were not going to comment on his situation but that he was alive and well, uh, which seemed fishy from the beginning. You put out that information, we're already going to start questioning what's going on. Well, it turns out our good buddy, Christian Folsom, who's been a part of this podcast previously, went ahead and did some digging and found out that Chief Saholic or Mr. Xavier Bubadar <laughs> yeah, that's his name, Xavier Bubadar. If you didn't, if you, Sean just scrunched his face. His wow. name is Xavier Bubadar. <laughs> when foot. I when I looked at it, I I said Babadar, but that's Bubadar. Well, well, we don't even know. And he spells Xavier with uh, X A V I A R instead of E R. So it's like Xavier. It's either Bubadar, Babadar. Babadar. Yeah, it doesn't really Xavier matter at this Bubadar. point. Uh, we did. We we also found out that he's six foot tall, two hundred and fifty pounds. Surprising enough. Uh, now this guy again flaunts his money all over. Uh, he goes to every single home game. He goes to almost every single away game. He bought thousand dollar suits to go to the fifteen and Mahomes charity event a few weeks ago. Bought a commissioned painting that was from there that could only go for thousands of dollars because that's what that event is for. So has a lot of money, right? 
Um, turns out that uh, I believe it was the Saturday before the game uh, against Houston. <clears throat> On his way to the game, Mr. Xavier Babadar was arrested in Oklahoma, Big Speed, Oklahoma, just outside of Tulsa, a town of two, three, four hundred people, very small. There's one way in, one way out. What was he arrested for? Well, he did have speeding tickets that he would probably have warrant, warrants out for his arrest from Texas, but it'd be odd that they would catch him in Oklahoma. Turns out the man's an armed robber. He robbed what? a bank with a gun. Robbed a bank with a gun. He was caught inside of six minutes, folks. Six minutes. Didn't make it out of there. You His look name at the just screams bank robber. <laughs> you look at uh, you, you look at the charges. He's being charged on five uh, on one uh, attempted armed robbery account. Uh, actually, I don't even know if it was attempted. It was just armed robbery because he made away with money and then got caught later. Uh, but there are five different counts on there for uh, uh, obviously the armed robbery, uh, the the gun in the bank, a mask in the bank. Now, Bixby Police Department did confirm that there is uh, that that he was not wearing the animal mask that he wears. Oh, uh, one of one of the charges is is uh, like a th- like a life threatening. Yes, there was a deadly threat. It was a violent threat. So there's, I believe there's five different counts on this one specific charge. Now the issue gets even deeper because the bank that he robbed wasn't just a bank. It was a credit union, which means that it's federal. Not only was it federal, it was a teacher's credit union. So Bro. real big piece of shit. <laughs> but... T- so to top this all off, he has like multiple theft arrests. Three, three. Um, uh, what, what do they call them? The um, misdemeanors. He's got three misdemeanor arrests prior to this year, dating all the way back to uh, 2011 when he was 17 years old. Uh, that, uh, yeah, 2011, 17 years old. That was also with his mother and his brother. He's got two more uh, post. 2011 uh, it seems like this is if anybody watches uh, uh animal kingdom on tnt seems like a real animal kingdom type vibe uh if you don't know what that show is it is a family in california and they are all thieves and they go around and rob things uh in their respective cities seems like this might be the same case in fact because this is a federal offense they now have um or it is a felony and a federal offense and the feds are now involved uh, they now have access to his phone and can search this. There is a running theory out there. Again, theory, allegedly. We don't know yet. It's possible, maybe even probable. He has been robbing banks, going to every away game for the last multiple years. Do not forget that he <laughs> went to two Super Bowls, folks, one in Miami, the other one in Tampa. Folks, with as much money as he his he has in flaunts, they went back and they looked at his Twitter account and how much he's posting for each one of the parlays he puts out. Somebody did the math on it. It's three hundred and forty thousand dollars that he bet this year. Holy shit, man. Where does he get this money from? We don't know, because, again, he's bragged about the jobs that he has. You can't find him on LinkedIn. A guy who manages 16 distribution centers would very well be on LinkedIn. And on top of that, when you check, we, we've had multiple people check the Kansas State alumni records for 2016. Mr. Xavier Babadur, 
Babadar, whatever you want to call him, is not listed as a Kansas State alumni for 2016 or any previous or post years. Wow, this dude. So this man, go back and look at the go back and you can you can look at his tweets. If you're not you know involved on Twitter, you, I'm sure you can find him on Facebook, Google, Pat McAfee Show, whatever. This guy seemingly screamed out for help as well, or just wanted to be braggadocious because he talks about having a private side hustle. He talks about walking out of the bank. He talks about all of these multiple different things that are going on, and he's giving hints out that he is doing something on the side, very illegal, like robbing banks armed. So not only last year, but almost a, excuse me, almost a year to date, we have X Factor who gets knocked out and banned from Arrowhead. Uh, turns out he's he's on drugs and uh, there's allegations of being a child diddler. I don't I don't know. There are a lot of things out there, but uh, now now you've got Chief Saholic who dresses up in a in a in a weird wolf costume and a mask and robs banks. What? What are our super fans, man? Like, do other teams have these problems with their super fans? Do you count Dan Snyder as a super fan? No, yeah, I just count him as a piece <laughs> of shit. Uh, yeah, outside of owners, like, I no, I, I, in my lifetime, have never heard of anything like X Factor or, um, or Chief Saholic Xavier Babader. You almost feel <clears throat> ashamed to like. <laughs> almost get ex- like get excited or feel supportive of the X factor guy back in the day when like Dante Hall was returning kicks and he was at the stadium and, you know, getting all that TV time and stuff. But in hindsight, it's 2020. I mean, obviously you've got the issues pre-existing with the Raiders fans and everything that went on with them, but nothing, nothing as far as being what would be, these super fans that we have in Kansas city and then having these extreme issues that are going on with the, the, the stuff that happened with X factor. And now most specifically with, with chief chiefs, holic um, and possibly going to the extent of there could be dozens, if not hundreds of bank robberies under this guy again allegedly we will find out because the feds are involved but it is something that is possible that's out there uh they hate you to gotta be speculative, think with the, but you gotta think with the multiple offenses like he's gonna get close to the maximum for whatever they're gonna charge him for or whatever the charges like lead to so i mean and, and the issue is 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 that the the other arrests um, one as a minor under 18 at 17 years old. Um, the other, they're across a couple different state lines. One's in, one's in Platt, one's in Utah. We don't know where the, the 17 year one came from because, uh, of records and whatnot, but, uh, they, they seem to be across many different state lines. And in this case, obviously across down in Oklahoma. And, and if there's any more that appear, it's, it's a, it's a cross country problem. Definitely doesn't look good for anybody who wanted to be a super fan for the Chiefs in the future. Um, anybody who's dressing up in a costume and going to Chiefs game now, Chiefs games now, Next. you're gonna like. People are, are gonna be so skeptical of you. Like, what what's wrong with this fucking weirdo? And it's so wild how quickly it turned. I mean, they it literally went from 
two days of trying to figure out if this guy's just alive and well to he is alive and well in a jail cell after trying to rob a federal credit union um, and then everybody just dunking on him for two <laughs> days. All of yesterday from about, I don't know, it was, it was like four four thirty five o'clock to it's still going today into Wednesday. I, I would expect it to continue on for at least the rest of the week. It's amazing. <laughs> John, what are you what are your thoughts? Not hearing this stuff before. Well, this is kind of not surprising with the same thing that X Factor did last year. This guy's a, one of the biggest pieces of shit ever going and robbing banks. I'm glad he got caught for it being a teacher union, teacher credit union, because being a teacher, that sucks because teachers don't make shit. Sean's yeah. a gym teacher. He, Physical education. But yeah, no, this guy sucks. Not, not only that, but obviously threatening anyone in any way for, for this stuff is obviously wrong. But I think what adds a cherry on top is, is the you know, within a week of Christmas. And so now you're doing this at people's jobs and threatening them and, and um, having the weapons to do so. Uh, and then on top of that, you're you're doing it right before the holiday time, um, affecting these people um, for your piece of shit mistakes for whatever reason. If it's your mistakes or if this is your job or for whatever whatever reason whatsoever, it, um, awful human being. I'm glad he's in jail now. Gonna do it for for that portion. Um, I wanted to recap that as you know as much as possible, as quickly as possible. It uh, has been a good couple of days on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, go get on Twitter. Go look at the tweets. It was on the Pat McAfee show for crying out loud. It has been a fun couple of days. I'm sure it will keep going through the week. It got the um, overtime win out of our heads for as bad of a game as it was. And we're going to keep that out of your heads for just a few more minutes here as Tybo brings us his new top five for this week. I, I will say there's probably not going to be anything like uh, experiencing those tweets live um, going oh. through the whole process with, <laughs> with the collective kingdom uh, because it was a roller coaster, my friends. Um well, in the multiple multitude of spaces that came out with it, I don't know if you guys jumped in the spaces. I oh, it was great. <laughs> I I was in a I was in a couple when I was driving to and from uh, different locations for work, but it was it was comical. Um, I kept my mouth shut. I didn't want to. I wasn't tweeting anything at that point because I was just taking it all in. I'm not. Wasn't going to say anything stupid either. <laughs> I fired a few. It was good. But anyways, I'm coming to you with something very simple. There's no honorable mentions. These are the one through five, what I believe are the five greatest songs ever. There's ever. nothing ever. Compo I was going to say written, but it's, it's the five greatest songs ever composed. It's a, a composition of musical instruments nothing like music today which is degraded to a collection of noises and sounds people using machines 
instead of instruments. <laughs> These are songs. Number five. <laughs> we got Rush by Tom Sawyer. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was bad. That was a bad fuck up right there. That's what I get for taking dabs for uh, recording. <laughs> but anyways, it's Tom Sawyer by Rush. My bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was so bad. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to keep going. We'll, rec- we'll recover after that. Tom Sawyer is a one of my favorite karaoke songs it's a good song <laughs> uh, Johnny Dare uh, from 98.9 says that uh, forget the his gene something but uh, the lead singer of Rush sounds like a, a cackling old old witch sounds like a witch um, and I think that's fair but I do like I do like Tom Sawyer by Rush if you're a if you're a drummer, you know that Neil Peart is the greatest drummer that ever lived. God rest his soul. Um, that's why. That's why this song's on here. Number four, we got "Great Day to Be Alive" by Travis Tritt. Just describes a good feeling on a good day. Thanking, you know, the powers that be. Just the just the fact that you're here, living and breathing. Um, it's a song that makes you think about the stuff that you might take for granted uh, but it's a, it's a good song for a good mood uh, Travis Tritt's one of the greatest country artists I uh, don't usually like country but Travis Tritt's my guy <laughs> number three uh, Bad Reputation by Joan Jett uh, the iconic uh, I'm good I'm I'm not gonna after after that first fuck up, I don't think I'm gonna do anything else that's embarrassment worthy. <laughs> but it's the it's an iconic punk song from you know, the earlier punk days. You know, before Green Day, you know. She paved the way. Uh was a was a strong female icon. Uh love Joan Jett. And I can always jam to the not doing the sound but I'm, I'm doing it in my head <laughs> number two uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia by the Charlie Daniels Band uh, another karaoke favorite of mine usually uh, accompanied by my sister <laughs> Devil Went Down to Georgia yeah I'm good it's pretty interesting we have air instruments too I usually like the string bass <laughs> the big the big tall string bass uh, I mean Johnny versus the devil man it's a good story back what back when up, back when songs told stories back then in my day yep number one scar tissue by the red hot chili peppers 
it's it's almost mesmerizing. It, uh, it, it it captivated me the first time I heard it, and it, it still does every time I listen to it. It's a great song. Uh, if you guys don't know any of the songs on the list, go ahead and look it up, but don't search uh, "Rush" by Tom Sawyer. That's not gonna. It may it may Google may autocorrect you or something like that, but that's not gonna it's not gonna get you where you want to go. But those are the top five greatest songs ever. Yeah, because it's Tom Sawyer by Rush. Right. Don't listen to them. Let us know down below on YouTube, <laughs> uh, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you find us at Bob and Bo Show. Let us know which ones were your favorites uh, and what you think of Tybo's list. Um, it's good. It's good. It's a good list. Solid. Some would say. Some would say. Ty Bob didn't didn't even know any of my music. He didn't know any of the songs on my list. He just made me I mean, feel that's... bad. That's a lie. I I know them. I don't know <laughs> songs by names. Okay, I just put them on and they play, and then I know them. Much like a solid list that was, it was still uh, a solid outing from Kansas City as the Chiefs win again in overtime over the worst team in the league, which is good. This good sign you win. Did you cringe when you said solid? Did you did you like feel the the lie slipping from your lips? A, listen, I may be a liar, but that I'm was, not a bank robber. That was the least solid win I think I've ever seen out of a, 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 a whatever a three loss team. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, a win is a win at the end of the day, and what right. that win brings the Kansas City Chiefs is a seventh consecutive AFC West division win. Seven in a row. You're welcome, Chiefs Kingdom. We're closer to the playoffs with the belt around our waist, as Tybo shows that to you on YouTube. Um, it's a fantastic feeling having complete and utter domination. Over, We have yet to lose a divisional game this year. It's great. It's wonderful. And we've still got two more to go. But let's get back down into this game. Let's start it off on the sour notes so we can end off on the good notes. What the hell went wrong in this game? It's a common trend for us this year, but turnovers. Doctor. Put them in great position with both fumbles. They scored 14 points off our turnovers. We can't stop turning the ball over for some reason. The other part of that is we, we still didn't win the turnover uh, differential. We're not, we didn't make progress after this game on our, on our overall turnover differential. Um, coughing up the ball, not getting it back on defense like we usually do. Um, the last few years, we had the turnover in the, on the positive side, the turnover differential for us was positive. But not this year. It's hurting us. There's a lot of things that went wrong in this game, man. Not not just I mean, not just the turnovers. It's the inconsistent blocking ability and in time to give Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Dude was running around like a chicken with his head cut off all day because he had no time 
from the exact moment he snapped the ball. The tackles continue to get ate up by average defensive ends. Receivers consistently running half-decent routes and having to wait until it's a broken play to get open. Defensive line not getting pressure. DBs, young as they are, not being able to stay and stick with guys. And then the penalties on top. I mean, these continuous mistakes are what's going to get us bounced out of the first round if they can't get it together. Um, And again, it, it was Carl Sheffers and his crew. We know how bad they are. Um, so that plays a very large portion, especially when you see four, three or four different flags go down on one play and then all three and four get picked up immediately. It's a lot of things that go against it, but you can't, you also can't blame the refs every single time that it happens. That problem isn't unique to us though. It, I mean, Carl Sheffers does feel like he has it out for us, um, since the, the Kelsey quote. Um, Many years don't know ago. It, yeah, don't know it verbatim, but uh, he said that uh, per, by quote, uh, he doesn't belong. He, uh, he doesn't even belong in a footlocker, right? Because <laughs> he doesn't. Um, his crew is trash. Um, but NFL refs around the league are trash right now. This weekend was a bad. This weekend was a great weekend for competitive games, but it was a bad weekend for the referees. They have to start finding the referees or something. Do something. I think the team, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of the refs, but again, like there, there's a lot of things that happen in this game that just simply we clean those up, and you take care of business. You catch the ball when it's thrown to you, which Patrick Mahomes was amazing at. He capped off the end of the game with 20 consecutive passes caught. Um, so he is, will be trying to extend that and set, I, I, I don't know, I believe it's a national uh, um, record of, oh, I, I believe the current record is 25 consecutive passes thrown and caught. So he will be trying to set a new record as he can complete the first six in a row uh, this upcoming week. Um, so the uh, last thing I wanted to add here on what went wrong, uh, defense has been the weaker side of the ball for a while. Uh, there were a couple games in the middle of the season where middle of the season where it felt like the defense played better than the offense. Um, but that's not the case from Sunday. Um, we know harped on it for a while. Our cornerbacks and our safeties on the back end are not up to par with other teams out there. They're not that good. They show flashes of greatness every now and then, but they're not that good. Um, that weakness was highlighted all game. But we weren't doing what we usually do well. Um, we only had one sack on the day. Defensive line was not getting after Davis Mills um, like they should have, um, like was expected. Um, this also goes into the snap share that Chris Jones um, is undergoing right now. He's at like an 82% snap share. He's out there all the time. He's constantly battling double teams. It's going to wear down him. It's wearing down his effectiveness. Um, Chris Jones did not report a sack today. I understand we can't expect him to report a sack in every game, but the Texans were bad and 
our our regular playmakers did not show up on defense. He's at more than 700 snaps this season. I don't think he's ever eclipsed more than 650 or so through that includes the playoffs. He's already at over 700. If he continues on this snap count that Tybo is talking about, he will eclipse 900 before the end of the season in the next three games. That's not good for a playoff run, particularly. Um, But we don't have any other playmakers on that defensive line. I mean, Frank Clark got the only sack in that game, so he's the closest thing we can really call to a playmaker. Um, I will say I did call the Carlos Dunlap uh, near the beginning of the game, bat down. Um, But outside of that, Carlos Dunlap hasn't really touched a quarterback um, in a while. No, and I think what the most disappointing – portion of the game was is again we and we talked about it in the in the preview show Brandon Cook's not out there Nico Collins are not out there so you have the first one at number one and number two receivers out you've got uh Damian Pierce out your number one running back so they're left with basically a bunch of scrubs you've got Davis Mills and Driscoll at quarterback because Kyle Allen is awful and the worst part part of that is for the first three drives the Texans had two quarterbacks on the field at all times. I think they were just low on receivers and didn't have formations enough to where they they threw a quarterback out at wide receiver every single play for like the first three drives, regardless of whether it was Mills or Driscoll. And I didn't even see those guys getting covered. They were wide I'm, open for passes. I missed that. I, I joined the game later on in the second half. Yeah, not good. Because uh, I had other stuff going on. But. Not good. Couldn't even cover quarterback. Now, I don't think I did, neither one of them caught passes, but they were wide open. It was not pretty. And there's a, and there's a lot of things that go, went wrong, folks. We can't keep harping on the same thing. It's the same thing every week. At this point in the season, Kansas City Chiefs are who the Kansas City Chiefs are. We know who they are on defense. We know that they're never going to play a mistake-free game. We know that they're not going to play a complete game. They haven't, and they won't. That's just who they are this season. And That's not true. They can, and they will. Who have they played? Who have they played a complete game against this season? I'm not saying they have. You just think they're Tell, capable of it. The the they can't be capable of it if they never did the it. The Cardinals man. game was 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 pretty close. All right, <laughs> all right. I'll give you that. It's pretty close. Um, but there was a a bright and shining star for this game. Something that went 100% right. And I'm wearing the damn shirt today. It was MV Pat. He has solidified 100% that he is the MVP of the league this year. You go and you try and put a bet down on him at any sports book right now. He is a favorite by 500 points. It is not worth putting your money down if you have not already on Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP because he has it all but locked up, especially knowing that Jalen Hurts is potentially out for the next two games. They have not ruled him out, but he is potentially out for the next two games. We'll cover that in the NFL show. Make sure to join us back there. But uh, MVP Pat uh, finishes the game off with 20, 18 or 20 consecutive completions. Uh, he was firing on all, on all cylinders. 36 um, or 41. Didn't he throw an incompletion in the second half. Perfect. I don't think so. Highest played, completion percentage 
by a quarterback throwing more than 40 times. Now, what what is a Incredible. little scary about this is he, he can play a perfect game and we can still almost lose to the worst team in the NFL. Now, they took Dallas to the ends of the earth last week, and Dallas also got beat by the Jags this week. So I don't know what that says more about the Jags and the Texans or if it says more about the Chiefs and the Cowboys. But no matter what... More about- the uh, AFC South. We seem to always have trouble playing those teams. It's a lot of teams do. And then there's a lot of teams that don't. Shitty conference, but they play tough games. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. That's, it has something to say for the AFC South. They always tend to stick around in the games that uh, that they're allowed to stick around in and make it very tough. Uh, but Pat, Patrick Mahomes, man. Patrick Mahomes the second. Best quarterback in the league, best player in the league. If you take, I ask you this, you take Patrick Mahomes off of this team, what is our, and you you replace it with league average quarterback? Kirk Cousins? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. You put Kirk Cousins on this team, take Patrick Mahomes off. What's our record? Playoff fringe, not a division leader. You right around what uh, the Chargers' record is right now. It'll be like one twelve and one, boys. It'll be that Houston Texans team. There's no way. Maybe not that bad, but well, here's we'd be well, right we'd there. be we'd be Raiders. We'd be Raiders. Not that incompetent, though. Sure. But looking at the box score and all the stats and everything, we had 502 total yards of offense. They only had 219. So like the defense did come up and show up and stop them from getting a whole lot of yardage, but. He had 500 yards of offense and put up they 30 had, points. Good. They night. had 14 points off turnover. Like they scored both yeah. times they got off fumbles. Yeah. They a, did. At the 17 yard line and at the 50. Like we basically what it was is we gave them what you saw in the Bengals. Tampa Bay game where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers turned the ball over four times in a row and the Bengals scored four times in a row, averaging 26 yards per drive to score. That's pretty much what the Chiefs just did. But they didn't lose. They did not lose. They didn't give it up four times. Pat really made an effort, you know, after throwing three picks, he really made an effort to – Stay squeaky clean this week. Uh, he was he was, he was on fire, moving, and, moving and the, <laughs> the picture in the locker room with the after Andy's showing the hat and everything. Like he's not happy at all. He does not care about that. He he knows it was a way too close of a game. Like he was not happy <laughs> after that game. Those hats, by the way, not awful. Okay. <laughs> so bad. The apparel this year is horrendous. Chiefs NFL, step it up. Make some good merch. It's going mean, to sell regardless. Good enough sell that good it says AFC West Champions. It's ugly. Because you know what that means? Playoffs? We're the AFC West Champions. <laughs> For the seventh. 
Seventh consecutive season. I would wear that over any Chargers hat. Yes. Why would you ever wear a Chargers hat? Lost the bet. Hope that doesn't happen anytime soon. I don't bet. And there is, uh, there's some news. So this week, um, uh, I believe Clyde Edwards-Alaire has returned to practice, opening up his 21-day window to return from the injured reserve, which is pretty neat. Uh, but there is a running back uh, who has two running backs who have taken his spot, solidified, taken his spot. Obviously, Isaiah Pacheco, he gets the start every week. It's pretty – he's doing a fantastic job. The energy that he brings is electric. Jarek McKinnon, the number three option in this Kansas City Chiefs offense, number two running, number three in receiving. What he's done the last few weeks is he is the unsung hero of the Kansas City Chiefs for the last three, four, five weeks. He is catching fire at the right time and clearly has the trust of Patrick Mahomes. He ain't no unsung hero, let me tell you that much. He is sung. Um Everybody knows what's going on. Uh, McKinnon has, has slightly put this team on his back. He's, he, Pacheco's still running well, but uh, McKinnon is the lead back um, when it comes to how we run the offense. This uh, McKinnon run reminds me so much of Damian Williams when we had that Super Bowl run. He came on hot at the end of the year, started scoring a lot of touchdowns, Great out of the backfield, too. So, could we be doing, seeing that with Jared McKinnon as well this year? And they're doing exactly what yes. we asked of them for play calling as well. We've been harping on get the running backs the ball, control the, the line of scrimmage. That's where our offensive line is best at, is in some sort of run form um, uh, blocking here. And they're doing it great with Pacheco behind the line. They've been doing it great with McKinnon behind the line. And now Andy Reid trusts the offensive line enough to put them in some sort of a run blocking motion in order for Jarek McKinnon to get open in the flats or on a wheel route and get him the ball to control the line of scrimmage and wear down that defense. We're finally learning folks. There are good things that are happening, even though these losses are, or these wins are very close there are things that that this team is working on to perfect before we get into the playoffs. And they're doing it against teams that they know that they cannot have perfect games against and still come away very closely. So there, there's something that uh, I, I, a portion of Chiefs Twitter kind of has its eye on, but um, Andy Reid, um, I think the reason why the play calling feels stagnant or vanilla to us at times is because Andy Reid is playing the long, the long game. Um, a records um, where it's at is playing into that game that Andy's playing. Like we know we have a playoff spot locked up, so we kind of can do a little bit of this, but expect down the stretch now, these, these, these last couple games, um, the, the playbook might open up just a little bit um, because he's running out of the, the stuff that we already have on film. Um, so maybe, maybe that's why we're getting what we wanted. Uh, maybe that's why um, he's, he, you know, semi switching philosophy um, to kind of keep other teams on their toes um, and almost make the, the, the film from earlier on in the season, like invalid or, 
you know. I got a couple things here before we wrap up real quick. Another person to note, or actually I got a, I got a question before I get there. Cause we've, we've got, uh, um, obviously Clyde is coming back and also from, uh, uh, Herbie Tope on Twitter, Ch- uh, uh, Blake Bell, uh, is returning to practice that we've opened up his 21 day window. So now that we know he's, he's going to be coming back here, uh, uh, soon we'll get Clyde back before the playoffs. When I ask go into the playoffs, Clyde coming back. We've got the solidified rules of Isaiah Pacheco. We've got the solidified rule of Jarek McKinnon. Over, under, five and a half touches, Clyde Edwards-Alaire playoffs. All playoffs. Touches? Touches. Over. Over. Really? Yeah. No, he's going to take some, obviously come in and, and fill that role with Ronald Jones, but I would be, unless we are blowing a team out, the trust has been given to Pacheco. It's been given to Jarek McKinnon. Don't forget, we brought in Clyde Edwards-Alaire to be what Jarek McKinnon is, except do it as a lead back. And Jarek McKinnon has come in and been able to steal that away from him. How are we trusting Jarek McKinnon with all of these passes and these runs? And we couldn't. We brought in Clyde Edwards-Alaire with a with a first round draft pick, a fifth year option on his contract, and couldn't get him in these positions. It's clearly shown that this is not an Andy Reid issue. This is not an offense play calling issue. This is not Patrick Mahomes issue. This is a Clyde issue. If we bring him in and he gets more than five touches, I would be very surprised. The only reason he's going to get, he wouldn't get over five touches is if they feel like he's just totally shot and not effective after the injury. That's that's the only circumstance because, like I said, the, the playbook is going to start to open up, and I still do believe Clyde could be effective in our screen game. Um, and he's going to be a good mix-up, change of pace back um, with the – I mean, it could – Andy has no problem um, strutting out a three-headed monster at running back, a true running back by committee. Like, Andy would have no problem doing that. Um, and in the playoffs, I feel like he gets more creative. Like I said, playbook's going to open up. So I, I do feel like if he's back and he's back in a real capacity, then Clyde's going to get more than five touches. Absolutely. We didn't do news earlier. There's not a lot going on, but there was a couple things that I wanted to bring up before we wrap up here. Um, a couple tweet or a tweet here coming from Pete Sweeney. He did say several Chiefs players are sick and won't be practicing on today, which is Tuesday. Defensive lineman Mike Dana, defensive lineman Chris Jones, and defensive lineman Colin Saunders all did not practice due to an illness. I don't know what the defensive line is doing in their off time, but. They are all getting sick right before a quick turnaround game, which was played on Saturday. Also, tight end Jody Fortson has an elbow. Freezing, <clears throat> so cold. Uh, <laughs> I think the current temperature, not including wind chill, is expected to be, or maybe that is including wind chill, is negative currently six. negative six degrees in Kansas City come Saturday. Uh, also, for going to be miserable. In, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> dress warm, bro. You can. Um, also, in the same tweet from Pete Sweeney, tight end Jody Fortson has an elbow issue and will struggle to make it to Saturday's game. Not It's good okay, Jody. Sign. It's okay. 
Uh, he also go, did. Sit down. <laughs> he also did state in the same tweet. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs think that there is a very good chance for McCole Hardman to be activated this week. So we could get our red zone score back this week, which I'd be very happy about. And a couple two-part tweet, not from Pete Sweeney specifically, but for statistics. And one from Pete Sweeney, he did state with uh, Patrick Mahomes' five-yard rushing touchdown against Houston, Patrick Mahomes has set the career franchise record for QB rushing touchdowns. Rounding out the top five list for the Kansas City Chiefs, you have Alex Smith with 10, Lynn Dawson with nine, Mike Livingston with seven, and then Pete Bethard and Rich Gannon with six. Patrick Mahomes is now our leading touchdown rushers for quarterbacks. And from NFL on CBS, they also had a Patrick Mahomes stat, the highest completion percentage in a game with 40 plus passes attempted since at least 1950. In 2013, week four, Phillip Rivers, 83.3%. In week five of 2021 season, Lamar Jackson, 86%. On Sunday, the number one best completion percentage with 40 plus passes, Patrick Mahomes, 87.8%. He went 36 for 41, as Sean alluded to earlier. Best player in the league. Put a stamp on it. Don't treat him like LeBron or Michael Jordan. Give him the freaking MVP every single year because nobody else deserves it. I mean, at least this year because he really does deserve it. This should only be his second. Like, Give chill on him. There's, right there now. shouldn't be a fatigue. No. You love to see it. You love to see it when the Chiefs are playing well, even – in lo- even in close wins, I want to keep calling it a loss because it feels like a loss, man. <laughs> that game felt like a loss, but it was a very close win. We moved to 11-3. and three. We have got Seattle on Christmas Eve, Saturday slated football coming up. You don't want to miss that preview show that comes up at a regular time on Friday. Make sure to check it out wherever you get your videos or your podcasts. Until next time, go Chiefs. Go, go, Chiefs!